I'm Alan Hall. Welcome back to the Uptime Wind Energy Podcast. Last week, Joel Saxon and I were at the CANREA, Canadian Renewable Energy Association's Electricity Transformation 2023 event. And we had a couple of conversations on the floor with a number of companies, and you'll hear those over the next couple of weeks. This week, you hear uh, Joel and I talk about what's happening on the show floor and our impressions of everything that's happening in Canada. You know, it's a a small snapshot of all the exciting new things that are happening in Canada. We also speak with Tracy Huggins, who's the manager of international events and membership marketing with RE+, who helped organize the ETC23 conference. So this is a really good episode uh, because we had not been to Canada before to see all the renewable energy projects that are happening And it was a good experience. And we were hosted by, of course, AC883, who does wind turbine blade repair in Canada and also in the United States and does a lot of pitch alignment. So if you're interested in pitch alignment, you should probably give those guys a call at AC883. All right, stay tuned. This is a really good episode. I hope you enjoy it. Joel and I are in Calgary, Alberta, in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> Snow, they said it was going to be beautiful when we got here. Well, it, there is very little sunshine, and there's definitely no beach. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were trying to think of alternative locations for the Canadian Renewable Association event in uh, the end of October, and I don't think there is any unless we start jumping to a different country. Yeah, I mean, we got to get down to Toronto, someplace, <laughs> someplace where it's warm. <laughs> but we're at, at Electricity Transformation Canada 2023. So this is the big uh, renewables conference for Canada. And we've been walking the floor the last couple of hours and noticing all the different uh, kinds of businesses that are involved in renewable energy. And solar is huge in Canada, clearly. Yeah, yeah big time. You're seeing a lot of, uh, not a whole lot of brand new technology. A lot of companies that... Uh, are offering services or yeah. offering solutions, uh, but not like someone going, hey, we've got this brand new fancy thing. Um, quite not a bit of time. solar, quite a bit of solar. So walking around, Alan and I did a, did a lap here as we do at trade shows, and we saw quite a few uh, solar racking companies, solar development companies, uh, some permitting companies yep. as well, yep. Um, yep. which turns out to be a little bit di- of a different challenge once you're here in Canada as, a, as opposed to the US. Yeah, the, the province to province, issue appears to be big yeah it's just something that we don't think about uh in the u.s as much because when you go state to state in the u.s it's more of a federal issue yeah uh, and the states don't care as much i mean of course you have to get your permissions from everybody but but here it seems like the uh, inter-province basically crossing whether it's transmission or oil and gas or anything is a little bit because the provinces have a little bit more of an independent government versus the states they certainly do comes yeah it, it is uh, a, a little odd. When we landed in Calgary, we got to the hotel and we just checking the weather to see when it was going to snow. And, and then up pops a commercial from the Alberta uh, province talking about uh, uh, how renewable energy is not going to work. And, and uh, there's a this commercial went, there's a family coming home to this house that's ice cold and all the pipes are burst and the carpets is wet, the ceiling's all busted up because all the pipes are burst because renewable energy is not reliable. And the tagline is, um, I think it was talk talk to the feds or call the feds yeah, or yeah, yeah. .ca, 
Uh, so they want you to talk to the, the federal government of Canada to push back on renewable requirements and, that, and the, some of the carbon taxing that's going on in, in, in the country, which is a little odd because Alberta, obviously, is a big oil and gas area. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also a big renewable, too. Yeah, there was something that someone told me yesterday, 72% of new renewable generation installations last year were in Alberta. Well, who has the money to do it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> Alberta does. Yeah, yeah. I right? mean, so, look, of course, my past, a bit of oil and gas. So I've yeah, been to Calgary before, but never in renewables. Past. Right. Like Fort Mac, done those kind of things. And when you're in the oil and gas world, you those are your pet, your pilgrimages. Right. You have to do Fort Mac if you're in Canada. Um, but you've I've always watched the differences um, in the provinces because they're so starkly different. Right in the U.S., yeah. we know we have West Coast is different from the East Coast, Midwest is different from the South, and, and those kind of things. Yes, but for the most part, I guess besides California, everybody plays pretty well together. Um, but in Canada, when you're in the center part of Canada, which is Saskatchewan, Alberta, uh, Western Ontario, Manitoba, they're very much different than the Toronto, the Quebec, the French Canada part, or BC. Right, and, yeah. And, and different to the point where they, they'll do battle over things, right? They, yeah. People in Alberta think that uh, Trudeau and the government in Quebec are, are out to get them. They think they're, you know, hey, this is how we live. We don't want to be, we don't want our things changed. You're making rules over there that apply to us. And so it's really kind of odd that we would have Canadian Renewable Association, you know, Electricity Transformation Canada here in Calgary. And one of the jokes I've actually heard around here is that, yeah, it's in Calgary because they can afford to do it here. You can't afford to get some space in Toronto because nobody can pay for it. Uh, but yeah, and and as, as the name of the conference goes, it is Electricity Transformation Canada. So this isn't a O&M show like ACP O&M or right. Hamburg where it kind of encompasses everything. They're very much a focus in the, in the alleys and in the talking tracks about the electricity transformation. And that includes permitting, what kind of new generation, are we looking at solar, are we looking at wind, what do the laws look like, what are the what's coming down the pipeline, you know, the new Canadian ITC style credit that's coming forth. So right. that's more of the focus here rather than like, you don't see a, a mass, I'm, I'm standing here, I see Goldwyn from here, there's a Vestas booth. There's not a ton of uh, big OEMs here. GE's not here. GE's not Siemens, here. Siemens, Gamesa's not here. Yeah, they got other things to do. Right? They got a lot of other problems, yeah, right? Yeah, they got other stuff too. Um, but yeah, so you're seeing a lot of, uh, like I said, the permitting companies. Well, that makes yeah. sense. They should be here right now. This show is very much focused on what that transformation looks like and what their build-out looks like. And, and with the with the a number of solar companies that are here, and they're talking about installing solar and mm -hmm. just sort of quicker, more efficient ways to install mm -hmm. solar, that seems to be a big push in Canada. Uh, I, I would imagine that would make sense just because the harsh winters would be to the benefit of solar a little bit, right? Except for the snowfall. And it did look like the, the solar panels were pretty far off the ground compared to where they were in like, well, Texas. Yeah, you look at different installation technologies because uh, here's a problem you have in Canada. And we've been talking about this even with some of the blade companies yeah. and other, other wind service companies here that we say, ah, oh, we have this shoulder season in the States and that's tough to deal with. Well, their shoulder season is a lot steeper than ours because right. they it's, can't get on blades until mid-May, maybe. Right. And they're off of them in mid-October yeah. at the latest, right? So the winter creeps in quicker. But that also plays into when you're talking new installations for solar. So if you're not, we don't talk about solar that much on the show, but right. if you're not used to some of the technologies, there's basically five phases. There's design, civil work, then there's the pile driving, mecha right. mechanical installation, and electrical. 
Right. Those are the five phases of installing a yeah. uh, utility scale sourcing. The tough one up here, especially in the north, is the pile drive. Sure. Because you cannot drive piles if you have frost in the ground. Oh, yeah. No. Because you could possibly drive them. However, when you do a, a pile drive, you also do a pull test on it, is what they call. And you basically grab onto the thing and see if you can move it. Well, if your pull test is done in, you know, in Manitoba in some organic type soil, when it's frozen, yeah, it's going to do great. But then in a month, if you did that in March in a month or two months when it thaws out and that's muddy, that you might be able to move that pile all over the place. Yeah. So you have to wait until the, the soil is stable in the springtime and all the frost is gone. So if there's new technologies about what they can put in for foundations, that has to be very welcome. Uh, that's a, that does seem to be one of the emphasis here is the type of foundations you can put in. How are you going to manage all the, the electrical wiring? You saw a company that was talking about not burying the wiring, but to basically suspend it. Mm -hmm. It's like a suspension bridge for the uh, solar panel wiring, which is I thought was unique. I'm not sure what the elk and yeah. wildlife would do when they come across that. As long as it doesn't taste salty, I think. Well, we'll yeah, maybe. Otherwise, we'll have some cooked ones already. <laughs> it, it, but. Solar seems to be a big driver right now. All the controllers for it, all the electronics behind it, that seems to be a, a big emphasis. On the wind side, we saw a couple of new companies, well, not not brand new, but fairly new. Borealis is here in their new yep. version with the Fabric Air, yep. uh, and they're touting the, the inflatable sleeve that goes inside the leading edge and showing some new technology there. And then Ice Tech was here with their which is, Ice Tech makes ice detectors for wind turbines, and it, it yeah, works. They're in the right spot up here. Oh yeah, they're totally <laughs> in the right spot. And it's been developed out of a, a local university, so yeah. the technology has been developed over a number of years, and it, it's based on some really simple, fundamental uh, process of the way condensation accrues and how, how that works, but the device is uh, it took them a long time to develop. Obviously, something as critical as that, it's going to take a while to put together. That's a really cool technology. Uh, threads here. Yep, yep. On the drone side, they just got their Kevin O'Leary money, so Mr. Wonderful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> opened up his wallet and, and sent some money to North Dakota, which is pretty exciting, actually, because I'm sure that's helped them on more than one level. Obviously, the, the money helps because yep. that's a money-driven industry, but the, just the, the name recognition and the amount of press they got out of that was substantial. Uh, after that, uh, who else we'd, we'd run into? You know, and that's one of the things I wanted to chat about real quick was I thought there'd be more, quite a few more U.S.-based companies here. Very few. Very Crazy. few. Very few. And it's a market that, I mean, it's next door. We see more U.S.-based companies over in Europe at European shows than we do here. Yeah. And this is a, you know, if you're in Houston, if you're in Denver, if you're in Minneapolis or LA or, or wherever, it's a, there's multiple flights a day to Calgary. It's not like you're traveling across the world. It's just as quick to travel here as it is to travel within the United States. So yeah, it's kind of surprising is. that there's not that many. We, we've seen, I mean, right in front of us, you see Renewable. You, we see those oh, yeah. any guys yeah. in the U.S. Um, Altura we've seen in the U.S. True. Um, Acuron we've seen in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Of course, AC883 over here in the yep. U.S. Um, but a small, just a small handful, and, and it's a, a a market that's, and no matter what you're doing in wind or solar, it's it's ripe for growth. Yeah, and it, it, it hits a more lucrative market than the United States in yeah. terms of the uh, the available funds. Yeah, absolutely, the PPAs are much higher, tend yep. to be much higher, and than, stable, and <laughs> definitely more stable yeah. than places in the United States. So even though they don't 
have the, the same number of turbines as we have below the border, the PPA prices are right, and they're having the same types of issues that they have in the states. And sometimes exacerbated issues because the weather's worse. Yeah. Oh, the weather accelerates problems, yeah. for sure. Yesterday, so we're talking about ice tech a little bit ago. Yesterday, it was when I got here, landed in the airplane, there was a half inch of ice built up on the Uber that I, that I got in. <laughs> There's snow everywhere. And yeah. I was thinking, man, this is just like so telling for, I was thinking about Borealis, it's like that. What a great thing to be able to talk to people on your booth. And then Ice Tech and Borealis showed up with booth on booth giveaways that were ice scrapers. Ice scrapers. And I was yes. like, man, for icing companies and de icing, like, what a perfect, perfect <laughs> move. Yeah, you think about that if you're a technician and you got the scraping the ice off your truck. Yeah. We will use it on the turbines too, but turn them on. It's a good reminder. And, and I do think it, it is a missed opportunity for a lot of US companies mm -hmm. that Canada. Obviously, there's good relationships between the United States and Canada, yeah. corporation-wise. There's always partners you can work with in Canada. And a lot of the operators that are in Canada are in the United States, yeah, too. EDF, Pattern. Pattern, yeah. Like, uh, it's the same people, Excel, this is Enbridge, yep. the same people Next playing. Next Yeah, Next Era, same people playing on both sides of the border. Right, because there's a marketplace up here for electricity, and, and it makes sense to do that. So the, the, I guess the question is, you know, where does the industry in Canada go here? Where, what are they looking over the next year or so? Based, based on my walking around for an hour or so early this morning, I, I, I do think the lifetime issue is still a big issue in wind. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you're seeing some regulations come down the pipeline. Yeah. So you see the ITC, some credits to send, kind of spur some development along. So yep. I believe that the, at the federal level, the government for, you know, for, the foreseeable, for now and for the foreseeable future is very much supporting the renewable transition. Yeah. Uh, as we're in Alberta, and they have you know it's hydrocarbon capital up here, but the, they're very much supporting the renewable energy transition. So it's a market people should be looking at. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, and I, I also think that as uh, the U.S. market stabilizes a little bit, you're going to see those some of those companies start reaching out north of the border. Uh, I can think of five or ten off the top of my head that should be up here this yeah. week that aren't up here. That they're just sort of missing out, and, and not that. Canaria obviously doesn't have the legislative pull like uh, American Clean yep. Power. Yep. I mean, American Clean Power is a huge organization. Mm -hmm. Canaria is, is, much, is a much smaller organization for sure. Yeah. But it is an important part of what's happening in Canada right now. Absolutely. And they put together a, a good show here. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to give people size and scale. We're, so we're in Calgary with the BMO Center. Have you ever heard of the Calgary Stampede? That, that stuff happens all right around us. Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames door. are playing tonight. Yeah. We know some people are going over there. Um, but sitting here right now, uh, I believe the attendance is a little over a thousand people, maybe fifteen hundred. Oh, I, I, walking around today, I thought it was closer to two thousand. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Especially waiting it, in line out front. Yeah, two thousand people. And if you were to to walk, it's a the, the room that we're in right now, the hall that we're in, hall C or D. It's it's probably three hundred meters by three hundred fifty meters, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's full. There's no, there's no real empty space in here. Oh, and you can not. get poutine at the at the canteens here. We're in Canada. Uh, of course, the the Canadians are real nice. Everybody's helpful. Um, and uh, I think that. So if I was to say that, and then probably, what I don't know, 125, 150 booths. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some technical presentations are happening during the daytime, uh, which I popped in and out of a couple of those, and. They're good. Uh, 
you know, and just obviously talking to everybody and learning about what's happening more in Canada is, is a really good experience because it is a different, slightly different yeah. approach, some of the things. And because the season is so short, what happens and what the, what the decisions they have to make are compressed. Mm-hmm. If I'm in Texas, my life is relatively easy compared yeah. to being in the Yeah, you're just fighting budget. Yeah, it's a budget thing. <laughs> right. You're not yeah, fighting time as well. Right. It's a, it's a, yeah. swi- it's a trade-off between budget and time. And, yeah. And here, what you see because of higher PPA prices is the smart operators are getting a bit ahead of the game yeah. more than they are in the U.S. More, the U.S. tends to be very reactive when it comes to operations and maintenance. And some of that's due to scale, right? Like you're, you get so many assets to take care of, you just don't have the time and the money to do it. I get right. that. Um, but up here, PPA prices are higher. Uh, so they've been get, been able to talk to a couple of wind uh, energy operators. They've been able to get in front of some of their, their asset issues and yep. get to the point where they're doing some preventative maintenance. And that's fantastic to see. Whenever I hear someone doing, I'm doing LEP campaigns, I'm like, man, you're, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, and you hear that a lot more than you do in the States. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I agree with you that because the assets are rarer in a sense, yeah. they're going to try to take care of them a little bit better. And, I, and the one thing that I didn't realize today as much uh, that I got a little overwhelmed by was the amount of lightning damage in Canada. Yeah. Because the story goes that lightning isn't a, as big as it is like in Oklahoma or Texas or Kansas or those kind of places in the States. However, talking to some of the operators, it does seem like they have a lot of lightning damage yeah. depending on what OEM they've chosen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, a lot of renewable generation in Canada, I mean, of course, you have some in the Western Plains state, uh, states, Western states, Western Plains <laughs> provinces, because uh, the wind resource is fantastic. But the other place that the wind resource is fantastic is usually anytime you're near water. Because that, yeah. that difference in between uh, temperatures of land and water, yeah. you, pressure change, you get wind, right? It's, it's pretty simple physics. So a lot of them along the water uh, in the Great Lakes and then along the water once you get uh, further east towards um, the maritime provinces. And so when you have uh, those different changes there as well, uh, say say if you're a wind farm right along, I don't know, Lake Erie. Yeah. We know that New York in Lake, in Lake Erie, thunder, thunder snow and, <laughs> and all those deal, kind of yeah. things. So that's, that stuff happens in Canada as well. Um, my vote for the most spectacular lightning strike this year actually happened in Canada. Oh, really? With the, the lightning strike, the lightning hit that turbine just across the border, caught the turbine on fire. Remember seeing this on uh, oh, TikTok? Oh, I, I think I do. I think I do. And then yeah. it was spinning still on fire, and then yeah. it gets struck again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, my gosh, <laughs> I, I guess they do have lightning in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Because I've seen a lot of crazy lightning in the States, and I've never seen anything like that. That right. was right. unreal. Right. Uh, so that, that kind of flipped my thoughts about Canada, saying, well, uh, I, I guess uh, lightning and some of these environmental impacts are, are just as... Uh, bad in Canada as they are in the states, and maybe in some in some cases worse. Yeah, I, I've never seen a turbine hit like that before. That no. was insane. And I, again, I, I think it's just driven by the weather patterns. And and one of the uh, things that happened this past season too in Canada was all the wildfires. Yeah, absolutely. And right. that's bad for lightning, as we know as well. It's horrible for lightning. Yeah, it increases lightning strikes, and it makes turbines more susceptible to lightning strikes just because it's more smoke-driven, fire-driven lightning in the area and where we, we live outside Boston, Massachusetts, 
we had many, many smoky days <laughs> were yeah. coming from the wildfires in Canada. So imagine if you're a turbine operator in some of these locations and you're dealing with the wildfires, Oof. that's another variable. It makes your blades dirty, makes it puts a bunch of gunk on them, tar and all this other stuff on those blades. And it can't be good for the gearbox. No, absolutely not. And every, uh, all the rotating parts. I mean, and, and as it sits right now with what we're staring at for climate basically change, the fires are going to continue. Yeah. And that's and that makes it tough for an operator. So what Alan was talking about a little bit ago for lightning, basically fire smoke-induced lightning is, is you put all these particulates in the air down into you know the, the layer of your turbines and into your blades. Well, it makes that path that much easier for lightning to follow down downwards for a strike. So it's like a, kind of laying, laying a breadcrumb trail. Definitely really, is. Really small bread, breadcrumbs. Doesn't you're take much. It, laying it down, right? So yeah. that, that increases the uh, possibility of lightning damage to all turbines. So it, it, Canada is a complex marketplace. Yep. I think I really am learning that. I've been paying a lot more attention to it over the last year. Uh, it is a complex developing market. I do think there's going to be expansion of wind. I think yep. you're, I, I think the the federal government is going to push, and the provinces are going to push back. But it's there's going to be yeah. everybody's going to get to a better place in that over I the think, next year. I think you're going to see more of that. In my mind, I see more going in the maritime, east east coast uh, maritime. It, it would provinces. be it would make sense to put it in federal waters, right? Well, so of course my my better half is from Newfoundland, so I've been there. It the wind blows. <laughs> Constantly, I don't time, understand yeah. how Newfoundland is not covered in wind farms and exporting yeah. high voltage DC to the states or something because the re the wind resource on the east coast of Canada, and it's not only offshore. The wind right. resource even onshore, onshore is still east good. coast Canada is wicked. Yeah, and it's there's, crazy. Game. And the topography lends for it. There's some, you know nice ridges and hills and stuff right there along the coasts. Yeah. So I could see, and and I know there's a lot of nimbyism and you know we don't want to see these things and that kind of stuff. <laughs> we have that everywhere. But I could see that that part of uh, and, and also, we we just talked to someone a little bit ago that's working on some possible green hydrogen projects. Yeah, that's that those side. are that's cool. Uh, maybe we just touch on that just for a brief, brief moment. Yeah. Because the discussion related to transfer of energy. Yes. Right. Not not speaking about electrons, but how much energy you can push through a pipeline versus you can push through a transmission line, yeah. and how that plays out mm -hmm. between the provinces. Yeah. Yeah. Because because and in the states as well as we're yeah, talking true. about. Yeah. Because the Pipelines and transmission lines are regulated differently for permitting. They are. And so if you're just talking about, now they're talking about green hydrogen, moving green hydrogen by pipeline instead of actually moving the electricity by power line. Well, gigawatt-wise, megawatt-wise, you can get more energy down a pipeline of liquid hydrogen than you can get through transmission, but transmission's okay. easier to build. All right, so I know Rosemary's not here, and I can hear her chirping in my ear right now and saying, you idiot, Alan, don't you realize that hydrogen is not a very dense material, Right. that you're gonna have to get it really cold, right? And I, that was running through my thought when we were having this discussion today, is like, well, I think Rosemary said the energy density wouldn't be that great compared to like natural gas, right? Cold or pressurized. It could be pressurized. So a high pressure line. So they're gonna high pressure line, hydrogen, Absolutely. may to be, wow. Okay, That's now, my thought. now you now you have me thinking a little bit yeah. because if that if regulation is the barrier and you're not going to see that change very quickly, anything at the federal level going between states or provinces is going to be held up. But if you can do that right now, is that where it'll go? We'll see. I, wow. I, okay. I, I don't know. Wow. 
Uh, that's something to think about because at that point, having a lot of solar and wind to do that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know there's some energy loss and I can hear Rosemary in the back of my head at the same moment. <laughs> like Alan, it's only like 70% efficient when you do that, but yeah. yeah, it is. But if you have an abundance of energy, then why does it matter? So it's like what I'm talking about, East Coast Maritime Provinces. Uh, last last year, the German Chancellor was visiting with Trudeau right. in Newfoundland yeah. about green hydrogen projects. Because the wind resource is so strong there that if you're going to produce green hydrogen somewhere where they have next, because they they run on a lot of good uh, renewable energy already. Sure. Yeah. Um, so if you're the wind resource is so good there, and you're particularly located port-wise, straight across from Europe, St. John's, Newfoundland is only a four-hour yeah, from London. It's right? not very far. It's not very right. far. It's not like you're moving it through the Panama Canal and, right, and that yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's the, that resource is there, and the, and hydrogen if you were to move it now by vessel, would be moved just like a liquid natural gas. Liquid yeah. natural, if you look at a liquid, liquid natural gas bulk carrier, it's a ship, but it has like a series of basically balls, spheres right. on Big it. Big balls right? on it. And a, a, a hydrogen ship would look the same. It'd have to be the same, right? The concept would be the same. The concept would be the same. So if that they have the capability of and an excess amount of renewable energy there already, so it's primed to be a green hydrogen, hydrogen superpower. Wow. I think. Yeah, well... There, there hasn't been a lot of hydrogen at this conference. I haven't seen one. I mean, I've talked about with it. a couple people, but we haven't seen much. Okay. And I think that that's that's going to start to come as uh, as as you look. I mean, we're electricity transformation Canada. Technically, hydrogen, I guess, would fall under electricity, but it's at more some of an point, energy. it's going to be turned into either heat or electrons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think you will start to see more and more of that. It's like when we went to ACP last year down in uh, New Orleans, we started to see more of the battery storage oh, companies yeah. and technologies yeah. pop yeah. up, yeah. right? As the market starts to mature in those things, you will start to see more. Yeah. I talk with a lot of people about green hydrogen projects. Corpus Christi right now, down in Texas, is yeah. going to become a clean hydrogen hub. There was just the, the hydrogen was $7 billion from the federal government. Wow that was one down for the Gulf Coast there. So <laughs> green hydrogen is going to be a thing that's going to happen. Well, what happened in Canada first? It so. may. Yeah. It, it actually may happen in Canada first because of the way that the demand is structured. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Joel, this has been a really good conference so far. We're halfway through it. Yep. Uh, everybody is heading out for dinner tonight and to go to the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Hockey games Trudged tonight. Trudged to the Russ Americans are going to be watching baseball, yeah. I think. Uh, but, yeah, this has been a really good conference, and I would encourage our American counterparts to think about coming to Cambria. It's It's been well worth, uh, at least this day, has been totally worth it. We've met a lot of great people and made a bunch of contacts, and well worth uh, seeing what's happened in Canada. It's pretty exciting. We're back at Canria uh, at the Electricity Transformation Canada 23 event. And if everybody's been paying attention, this event is run by RE+. So we have Tracy Huggins from RE+. She's the International Events Marketing Manager. Uh, she helps organize this, this massive event. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. So we have not been to this event before. We yep, have not been one. to an RE+, event before. Uh, uh, but this is really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, for what we were expecting, you know, yep. we, we go to a lot of shows. Yeah. We see a lot of shows. Yeah, and absolutely. some of them are really shaky, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> yeah. kind of sketchy. Uh, this is fantastic. 
Thank you. It's, it's very well organized. I, I really think you've done a good job here. Oh, it's not just me. It's a. I, I'm a sure you have a of crew people. of people. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't it doesn't hurt it being in in Canada because Canadians are nice people. Yeah. Everybody, oh yeah. Everybody's everybody's helpful yeah. and smiley. The Uber drivers, the everybody you run into, anybody at the show that you need help. Hey, where should we go? Oh, right over here. Go up the walk. And the restaurants have been fantastic. Yeah. If you haven't been to, we went to a restaurant last night. Just blew my socks off. Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. yeah Salt. That was. Oh, I. Someone told me about that. I. I, I wanted to try it. Had some Alberta beef. Mm. Oh yeah, it yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. So it's definitely a good choice <laughs> to hold a major event. And I. I. Uh, don't know a lot about RA Plus. I know what we see in the states is Las Vegas, the big solar event, <laughs> the big it's solar what it looks like and, and energy storage uh, conference, and everybody talks about that. Uh, and but this event's a little bit different. This involves wind, solar, battery, anything that's really renewable, transmission line, cables, right. the, the whole gamut. How did that all come together? Yeah, so thank you for uh, giving us such a good compliment, first of all. Um, but I did want to reinsure that ETC is actually um, developed by Canria, and then RE Plus events and the Italian-German exhibition, uh, say that a thousand times, <laughs> <laughs> exhibition group, um, all, the three of us, we, we all organize this event together. So okay. the Canria Association um, helps with the education content for the conference. Okay. And then we kind of help with the RE Plus does the operations and logistics side. Right. And then the Italian um, exhibition group, they they help us with the, the logistics as well. When do you kick this thing off and say, okay, this is a go. Yeah. Let's get going. Um, we started in early April. Wow. Well, that's pretty good. That's a short time frame. Six yeah. months. Yeah. Well, under. we talk, you know, every month we have a meeting, but things start going in April. Okay. Because we that's when we start getting the education content going and figuring out what speakers to, to have. And we take uh, we send out a lot of surveys and forms to see what people who, who would be interested in hearing right. for the shows. And that, that kind of helps us develop the educational part. Yeah, listening to the constituents. Yeah. You want to make sure that when they come to the event, there's something, I know we're talking or we're trying to make over, I don't know if we will or not, but uh, DNV is speaking on Blades. and. Excited to hear that one. And when I read through an agenda, a lot of times I'm like, uh, skip, 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 skip. But reading through this agenda, and specifically because yeah. we don't normally do that much business in Canada, we're not no. up here that often. I was like, ooh, that looks like a good one. That looks like a good one. And we learned so much here just speaking with people about, you know, the differences between U.S. Uh, across state lines and transmission and how the provinces work differently than the states do. It's, oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that because that, it's really important. So you didn't go to the ATC 2022 show? Nope, we did not. Okay, okay. No. So what's great is actually the education content has doubled from really? last year. So, oh. um, but it's it's nice that that you guys. That's the great. heart for yeah. us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Because We're goods, right? Well, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> but in terms of going to win conferences, because it's it's so complicated. There's so much stuff happening yeah. yeah it's really hard to keep track of and and everybody's out doing their job right and then then when you come to these kind of events the experts walking down the highway and they're giving a presentation yeah it's your opportunity to sort of catch up yeah, yeah. uh because otherwise this industry stuff. the wind industry particularly is lost yeah having those contacts you know and and setup wise for the basically how the how the conference is set up here where you have the speakers that they're basically on the floor 
right? They're giving a presentation right behind there, and they're giving a presentation right behind here. And some conferences you go to, they're like, oh, this is a presentation, but you've got to go to room XYZ, floor oh. six. And you're like, really? I got to walk and go and go and find this and all that? It's nice that I'm, you can, like, I'm, we were sitting here yesterday, and I heard someone talking, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I just stuck my head around there, listened for a little while, and yeah. the bop out. So that's, that's kudos to that setup. Oh, great. Thank you, because we actually, um, we're going to add two more stages next year. It really gives people um, the opportunity to be like, okay, I'm, I decided to do this, and I don't really have to leave. Yeah, you know, it's more interactive. Yeah. Well, you're getting more out of it because sometimes you, you also, if you're in the middle of one of those speeches and the speaker's really dry sometimes in some of these, and you want to get up and leave, like you feel bad. Actually, you, know? <laughs> you know, I hear people can kind of just bop around, and uh, I just think it's a more fluid experience, and you can, as a, as a visitor to the conference, you can get more out of it. Well, and I, I think in, in next year, uh, one of the comments we were talking about last night when we were having dinner uh, was the few American companies have made it up here. And yeah. we only knew about it because we were sort of invited up at AC83. And now that we're here, it's a little shocking that there's not there more isn't that many. American companies here. Yeah. yeah. And so we like last night, the conversation was, you know, if you're in a company in Minneapolis and you fly to Houston, it's the same distance of a flight to come oh, to Calgary. And, and, and going, it's not really international travel. Right. You just walk through. It's pretty simple. And if, welcome to Canada, eh? You know, <laughs> it's pretty simple to come across. But it's a, it's a, it's an entire market that we see some of these companies go to shows in Europe. Well, why are you going all the way over there when you have a market next door and right. nobody's even touching it? Uh, I think we've only count, we only counted really four companies that were specifically U.S. based, US -based companies yeah. here. And so I, I feel like. Uh, the show is here. Right now, there's not that much going on um, as, a, as far as a show schedule in the States. People, they should be here. They should yeah. be here. Yeah. yeah. So we actually, uh, we're actually very happy to help take over it, or not take over, but help assist uh, with the operations of last year. They asked us to help like a month before ETC 2022. So we jumped in really quickly. So this time we had an entire year to kind of develop what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And then we also used... Um, uh, RE Plus in Las Vegas to advertise ETC, which uh, which was great because I think that that made American companies understand that you can do international yeah, yeah. stuff. So what is the attendance here? Um, well, I don't have the exact number yet, but it's well over 2,000, which has... Um, I told you. you. Right. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, you were wrong. Yeah, I was lower than that. I was like, I'm thinking there's about like this. And he's like, nah, 2,000. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. It was, last year was 1,600, so we've definitely gone over, which wow, is great. Wow, huge. I mean, yeah. that's a 25% increase. Yeah, I mean, this is Canada's, like, you know, SPI, R yeah. Plus, so, like, we got to make it, we got to keep it going. Yeah, so uh, t just kind of switching gears a little bit, RE Plus in Las Vegas in the States is, a, is an event that I even, uh, on my LinkedIn channel, I was like, who from the wind industry is going to RE Plus? And the, the prevailing comment was, if your company will pay for it, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's from the wind side, right? Yeah. Uh, because it, in the US, you have, of course, the ACP organization, they do their own shows. There's not a whole lot of wind thing, which you just told us a little bit off. There was 40,000 people at that event. So if you're in renewables whatsoever, I know that my colleagues in the in the insurance industry all all went there because they if you're in renewable insurance you deal solar and wind and battery storage usually these kind of things, but that one is more focused on solar storage and, and you, you microgrids. Uh, we're actually broke into the hydrogen sector this year, which was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah all kinds of stuff. But yeah, wind. I, yeah, wind hasn't um, reached that part yet but i mean it doesn't mean that we're not open to 
Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, there is a lot of uh, asset owners and stuff I know that were there that they deal like Baywa was there. Baywa and Solar, of course. Yeah, Baywa has a bunch of wind assets as well. So there, yeah. there was people there for it, but I, I could see that in the future, I could see that event starting to include some wind and growing in that space because well, Vegas is a great place for conferences. Mm. Put all those people in there, and, and it's course. a place that we don't go in wind. Which is crazy. Yeah. Right? yeah. Why are we not in Vegas? Why, why don't all the solar people get to go to Vegas? <laughs> we're in in New Orleans or Minneapolis or wherever we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Minneapolis when it might be winter still. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody, everybody likes Vegas. Yeah. 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 So I, I do think there's opportunities. And and this kind of event where it's all together is a little eye opening for us. We don't see a lot of battery storage, solar things all the time. And yeah. just to see the technology up improvements and the approaches they're taking in Canada, which are different than what they would do in course, the States, yeah. for sure. Uh, that's good for us because it, without some creativity in this business, it gets very stagnant. Yeah. Right. And, and, and this is part of the key to these events is just raising awareness, thinking. So we talked a little bit just there about the our EPOS event in Vegas. Of course, we are here in Calgary at Electric, Electricity Transformation Canada, Cambia. I'm reading the signs. So <laughs> Um, but what are the other events and shows that yourself or your team is involved in at a global scale? Yeah, so uh, internationally, we, we actually just developed an international team um, in the past year. So we have, yeah, we have um, our team in, that works on the Mexico show, um, and we have a South Africa one, um, Solar Power Africa. Wow. And uh, España. We just had that for the first time, which is at Barcelona. So next year we're kind of focusing on maybe Valencia, hopefully. Hopefully. Granada. <laughs> maybe. I, yeah, we're still looking at locations, so yeah. we'll see. And then um, we're looking forward to growing um, into Italy next year as well, okay. hopefully. So in all of those events, are they mostly the, um, the, the solar storage? and? Yeah, yep. ETC is very special and unique, and I'm, I was very excited to, to work on uh, ETC 2023 because I actually this is my third one but my first one working for RE Plus because I used to be an exhibitor uh, um, uh, so uh, I know this show I've seen it twice in Toronto and I was really excited that it was going to Calgary and to have like see just a new change and not be so you know stale just yeah, give yeah. it some more life it was interesting coming to Calgary too because I, like I, I'm an oil and gas guy for, that made it into oh. um, so my I've, been, I've spent my time in Fort Mac I know Alberta. And so coming here, I was thinking like, man, what a kind of an, uh, a juxtaposition for a renewable show to be in Calgary, where you have kind of in Canada, the, the political cut between over here and the different places in the country. But the uh, the show out has been fantastic. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to move the show around yeah. because Canada is so vast and it all the territories do have their own type of weather challenges and sure. um, I, I, I'm excited so I hope that we continue to move around. So you're booking for next year. Do we know where next year is going to be? It is in Calgary. So it's here again next okay. year on October 21st to the 23rd. Um, so we'll be in the same area uh, just like this. And But it's going to expand actually already. So we'll be expanding over that way um, and adding more, more stages. So bigger next year. Yep. We went from 1600 to 2000. The goal what's, next year yeah, is what, what's the goal next year? 2600? I, 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 we're hoping. I like it. You know, coming to shows as well, and this is one thing I want to touch on, it's not just the technical content in the show itself. People come here for an experience, right? People go to shows because you get to catch up with colleagues, you get to go have dinner, have a beer, whatnot. Uh, within a kilometer or two of this place and a short walk, there is a ton of restaurants, 
great hotels, uh, some nice bars and things to do. So the, that ties in very well to a good conference. So Calgary, the, where it is located here is... Yeah, the weather was just the <laughs> the only yeah. thing yeah. that we weren't expecting, yeah. but we it's, still made it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's not bad. Right? It's not bad. Uh, but so next year, what do people, are you taking registrations? What do people need to do if they want to register for next year? Like we're, we're going to register for next year, yeah. I, I assume. Yeah. So how do we do that? What's that look like? Yeah, so we're already, um, we have our sales booth here. Uh, we have that at every show. So okay. that way the ones, the exhibitors who are already exhibiting, they can just, um, if they can decide if they want the same booth or move around and book that now. As for attendees, the registration usually doesn't open up till about three or four months beforehand. Okay. Um, just because we want to make sure we have a solid foundation of education content and all the exhibitors yeah. and stuff. And okay. be able to put that forth. Right. Yeah, that's great. So the prices of the booth, Good. We we paid a lot more for much less in terms of booze. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we paid a lot more to walk into a show for much less. Than to show a good show. Yeah. Now, not that I want you to raise prices. Yeah. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but if if I'm an American company, this is kind of towards the end of the year, right? So it, the, the finances add up and people get a little bit leery, like, oh, next year, the, the budget opens again and we can go ABC. But... This is a place to be in Canada. If you want to make some business in Canada, you're going to have to yep. come up here and meet the people. Yep. And it's been, I think, really good. Everybody that's approached us has been very open to discuss and talk and see what's going on and learn and exchange ideas. I'm going to give it's it. It's so hard to do that. A little bit of background information that might entice some American companies to come up here as well. Canada has way higher PPA prices. Oh, yeah. So there's higher operating budgets within the wind set. Oh, yeah. So okay. they're more apt to be able to do to spend money to get things done than you are in the states where you're fighting budgets. So if you're looking for a new market to come to, right, come up to Canada. Yeah, I mean, well, if you think about it, North America, we're all we're all within North America. So, yeah. I mean, I don't see the why they shouldn't even include Canada in their business plan. We might just take over Canada. So. Yeah. <laughs> Could happen. <laughs> and then the other thing I did want to mention is we are adopting new... Um, you know, new, new operations to like. So we have the Indigenous uh, Business Pavilion. Yeah, I, saw, yeah. I saw that. That's, That's new this year That's too. Yeah. So we're excited to expand that more next year. That way, it just really opens up multiple communities um, throughout Canada to show that we're all in this together. We yeah. all need to have energy. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Everybody needs lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I speak to one other thing that's happened this week that uh, we were talking about yesterday? was in some of these conferences, the food is horrible. And I've been to some real zingers uh, over the last 12 months, mostly in aerospace. I'll leave the, the wind out of it for a minute. Mostly in aerospace, horrible. It does make a difference yeah. at these conferences. Like there's like a little bit of a yogurt, coffee, coffee space here this morning. You and get some poutine. There was poutine here, yeah. And nice. the, the lunch yesterday was quite nice. It was it was a French cuisine, actually, for lunch yesterday. Which yes, was everything amazing. was in French. I didn't know what it was, but <laughs> it tasted fantastic. <laughs> I think I had a ravioli of some kind. Uh, but yeah, that is such a huge thing. It, does, it, it seems like an afterthought. You, you don't realize how nice a conference is until you try to have lunch that first day. Yeah. Oh, they've thought about this. Yeah. They've organized this. And it, it does make a difference in everybody's attitude. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Our operations team, um, you know, those ladies just, they kill it. They were fantastic. That all, all the wait staff, everybody back there. Was, oh, great. We do go to a lot of shows. Yeah. And yeah, this is right up at the top. I got to tell you. So Thank congratulations. You. I, I, 
Thank I'm you. really glad you'd come on the podcast and tell us about it. And, and we're going to pump ETC 24, right? We're going yes. back here in Calgary. Go to the ETC website, sign up, get your get your booth space because that's going to be limited. I know we had trouble getting in. We had to kind of partner a little bit oh, to get in. Really? So the next year, we're, we'll just probably get a bigger space, of course. But get in. Tracy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's really great to meet you. Yeah, and, nice to and meet you all. Congratulations. Thank Very you. successful yeah. show. We'll see you next year.